The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat. Visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Hello, listeners. Welcome to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg. You know, every child loves Mickey Mouse and dreams of going to Disneyland. And there's something magical about it that captures our imaginations and our hearts. And Jody Jean Dreyer, author of Beyond the Castle, a guide to discovering your happily ever after takes us inside the castles of Disney from her unique perspective, having served in 22 positions within the company from glimpses into meeting a meeting, defining what a princess is to conversations with Walt Disney, Walt Disney's nephew, Roy E. Disney to her year as the Walt Disney world ambassador, where she worked as worked a shift in nearly every Disney world department Jody Jean Dreyer will share with us today her insights and life lessons that you can apply in your everyday life. But first, thanks for joining me for Living Well with Dr. Peg, and you can stream today's program online at drpegradio.com. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, go to drpegradio.com for the program archives or to connect with our sponsor, SSI Guardian, who set the new standard in advanced safety education. I also want to remind you about my nonfiction writing and self-publishing one-day intensive workshop that's coming up in Denver on September 9th, 2017. And there's only a few spaces left, so go to drpegradio.com slash write to register today. And my guest today is Jody Jean Dreyer, a 30-year Disney veteran who was a member of Disney senior corporate staff held various marketing positions in both the theme park and motion picture units, and traveled the world as the Walt Disney World ambassador. And she's the author of the new book, it's coming out in just a couple of days, Beyond the Castle, A Guide to Discovering Your Happily Ever After. Jody Jean Dreyer, thanks for being on the show today. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Dr. Pegg. I'm thrilled to be here and to talk uh, all things Disney castles, happily ever after, and anything else we dream of. Awesome, awesome. Well, I have a confession. I've never been to Disney, unfortunately. <gasps> so, no. yeah, I've got to make it a priority. It's got to get on my bucket list really quickly. Uh, but would it? Absolutely. Yeah. W- would it be a fair statement to say that you were just a little bit obsessed with Disney? <laughs> like, <laughs> like so many of my listeners, you first started dreaming of going to Disney as a girl, and then ended up, you know, working for this company your whole career. Um, what's it about Disney that draws almost every child, and, and even those who are a child at heart? Wow, that is a loaded question because I think there's many layers. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll sort of look backwards at my experiences Mm -hmm. in my life and give a couple that I think um, I'll, you know, my experience, they were the reasons that I think um, you grab on to that that Disney dream. But Mm -hmm. initially, as a child, I think it's, you know, sharing adventures with your family and going someplace where you feel like you can escape and just, um, you know, have a great time and creating memories that, that really can last a lifetime. So I think as a child, you're not thinking much more than that mm-hmm. fun, fabulous vacation. But then once I visited and really thought, um, I'd like to be a part of that and and went for a summer job and then caught the bug, not just because I liked being a part of, um, you know, people being able to forget maybe their issues of the day and come and have a fabulous time together, but also just that question of um, happily ever after. And, and I think there's this spot that 
you know, we all try to dream of that perfect. And of course, the older we get, we realize, um, you know, those are fairy tales, but the truth about fairy tales and one of the things that I got passionate about talking to people about is they would always ask me, what is it that Disney taps into? And I think it is that quest for Happily Ever After. But what you realize, and I realized, you know, the longer I was a part of Disney, a couple things. I mean, one, Happily Ever After isn't something that's in the future. Mm-hmm. It's really today. And you know, happily ever after isn't necessarily what it looks like, you know, when you're watching a Disney movie and it's, you know, ends all perfectly wrapped up, but there's, um, can be those magical moments. And then the second piece of it is that, again, people would ask me all the time, you know, what's the secret? What's the magic behind the magic? And I don't want to spoil it for anyone, Dr. Peck, <laughs> but what you realize is it's not really magic at all. And, um, you know, that I think is the beauty on the inside when you're a part of Disney and you get to be a part of that. So that is a very long answer to the question mm-hmm. of, you know, what is it? But I think it starts maybe as this great, adventure and vacation and, you know, creating magical moments. And then you want to be a part of that. And for me, that was, you know, then when I worked there, and then you sort of move through it and realize, wow, this is something that we can all have. It's not just Disney. It's not Mm -hmm. Disney. You know, this is life can be happily ever after and not, you know, I don't want to, um, whitewash it too much, you know, and be, you know, everything in your life is happy clappy the minute you go to Disney. It's not, it's not that, but it's just, um, you know, we can look at today and think of it as a gift Hmm. and make the most of it. And I think that those kinds of thoughts are what Disney evokes, um, I'll say for me personally, and where I got excited to be a part of that, to have people go a little deeper um, past maybe even a fabulous vacation at Disney. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, talk about your first visit to Disney as a girl. You start out the book um, kind of sharing how your parents and your siblings uh, packed up and, you know, got in the car and drove out there to Disney. What was that like for you? How old were you, um, and, and what was that experience like? Well, a couple things, and just to paint that moment in time. First of all, um, Walt Disney World, which is the resort, the Disney Resort in Florida, it opened in 1971. So, uh that was the year we had been reading a lot about the opening. Mm. And my parents, my dad was in the Navy. He was stationed in California. So before us kids were born, they went to Disneyland. So when we started um, hearing about Walt Disney World, I grew up in the Midwest. And so we, as a family, started dreaming Mm -hmm. of a vacation to Walt Disney World. Mm. But we weren't in a a position where that was necessarily, you know, going to be an easy thing or something that we could just say, let's go do that next weekend. You know, we had to save and plan. And um, so one of the first things I learned was just that um, preparing and planning and imagining is part of the adventure of a vacation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true of life. Um, the anticipation and the um, there's so many memories just in the journey of it all. So that first vacation, I have um, a sister and two brothers, so there's four of us, and we, you know, piled into the, the station wagon at the time, and we drove down to Florida, and I'll never forget, um, you know, it was around... Christmas time, so it was pretty cold in in Ohio where we were um, leaving from, and we would go further and further south, and it would get warmer and warmer. Mm-hmm. And we rolled down the windows, and we you know just thought it was we were living the dream. And um, 
so then we pulled into Disney, and I, I have to take a little sidebar and admit to you that I'm slightly Christmas crazy. Mm-hmm. I just <laughs> love um, the season. I, I think, and not for the way that many people think, oh, goodness, you know, it's um, everything is sort of overdone, and we've lost maybe the meaning of the season. And for me, um, I think the magic and the lights and the, our senses are so much more attuned that we actually can experience the joy of Christmas because we're on high alert. So the vacation to Disney that we had planned and saved and dreamed about took place over Christmas. So I tell you that because it was like these two um, extravaganzas coming together for sights and sounds and, you know, the music. The um, I'll never forget on Christmas morning, we went to a church service that they had at the resort where we were staying. And um, there were people speaking all these different languages and visitors from all over the world. And I felt like this is what Christmas morning should be like, you know, so it's it's a Christmas that I remember as much as the Disney of it all mm-hmm. as well. And Disney was um, decorated, and um, we just had, again, the, the coming together of these, I'll never forget, walking down Main Street, and um, there were carolers, and they were on Main Street, and of course, the smell of popcorn, one of my favorite smells mm-hmm. in all the world. And um, so... So I think that early vacation really just started and ignited a vision of just magical experiences. And of course, being with, I have a brother who's a little under a year, uh, about a year older than I am, just a little under that. And we were thick as thieves at the time. So we would run off exploring. And then my younger brother and sister, we always called them the babies growing up, um, it was fun to show the babies things, but yet we felt like big kids doing things ourselves. And we were, you know, 10 and 11 years old. And so um, it was just, and, you know, my parents, we would come together and we would just be singing and Mm -hmm. experiencing attractions and fireworks and all sorts of things together. And so I think, you know, that very first memory of, um, that was for our family, the first big vacation. We liked to camp and we liked to do weekend and sometimes we would do staycations where we would pretend like we were someplace and we'd, <laughs> you know, be at our house, but we'd go on adventures right in our neighborhood. But this was the first time we really just, um, you know, the world started to open up and I, you know, met so many people from different places and, you know, really the sense of the word magical. And um, a friend of mine always talks about um, when God wants to teach us something, he takes us on, uh, you know, on a journey Mm -hmm. or on a vacation. And I think that's so true. And so I think those early trips, and then of course we right away had to start saving and planning to go again. And, um, you know, whenever we could, we would get down there as a family. But um, I I think it was that whole just um, stepping out of your comfort zone, trying new things, and also most often adventures like that we do together mm-hmm. with people we love or maybe people we don't know that well, but we get to know them better. Um, we find out things about ourselves that we we didn't know. I remember some of the first attractions, you know, I went on a roller coaster um, for the first time and thought I was just something, you know, (laughs) that I could do that. And I held my dad's hand and, you know, just thought I was so brave and adventuresome. And so I, um, as I think about those early times, I think of all those types of new experiences and memories that we made together that we still talk about Mm -hmm. and we still share and I still tap into. And I think all of those through your life, you know, are these threads that weave together and weave together and, and, you know, start to really um, 
push you on your journey mm-hmm. and discovering more about yourself. And in my case, you know, that particular trip with my family. And, and so, um, you know, I think, again, another long answer to your question, mm-hmm. but that um, those are some of the things that jump out to me when I think of that very yeah. first big adventure. Yes. And and I've been smiling the whole time hearing you describe it. And so I think there's some universal um, principles or experiences that you've tapped into where you're talking about just the adventure and the preparing and planning and imagining and getting out of your comfort zone, spending time with loved ones, discovering new exciting places that you fantasized about or watched on the mo- in the movies and in cartoons and having it come alive and just being a part of that uh, really does make for, as you said, a magical experience. And certainly we can have that experience in other places. Uh, As you said, it's not just Disney, but it seems that Disney has uh, captured uh, the magic of that experience. Uh, So thanks so much for painting that picture. I'm speaking with Jody Jean Dreyer. She's a 30-year Disney veteran uh, and who's worked for Disney in 22 different positions. And she's the author of a new book called Beyond the Castle, A Guide to Discovering Your Happily Ever After. So, Jody, it, it didn't end there, just saving your money and going back to Disney for vacations as, as your family was able to. You actually started working for Disney as a young person. I did. We were in college and a couple friends, um, we were interested in getting some summer jobs. And so we decided, you know, it's so funny when you're you're that age and, you know, you just don't even, you're smart enough to maybe get a good idea, but not too smart to realize you shouldn't just go boldly forward. <laughs> and so we drove right to the casting center, which is what they call the employment center at Disney. And um, the, the notion is that you're cast for a role in the show. So it's called the casting department. And we, on spring break, um, a friend of mine, her grandmother, her name's Nancy, and we were always big, you know, partners in adventures. And so we decided to go down and see her grandmother for spring break. And we said, on the way, we're going to go to Disney and get jobs. And we just drove right up to the casting center, walked in and you know, as if they were waiting for us and said, we're here, you know, we're, we're going to work here this summer. And anyway, it was, um, you know, a a much longer saga, but um, the long and short of it is we heard about a program called the um, Disney College Program, and they were recruiting. It was the first year it was going to be a pilot program where they would recruit from schools around the country, and they weren't um, recruiting at our school at that point. And we were all indignant about that and thought, what? You know, they they have to. So we said, well, how about if we um, interview with you, but then we go back to our school and talk to them and see if we can be a part of the pilot program? And so, again, being bold and clueless, and thinking, why not? You know, we um, went for it. And so that following summer, we were back at Walt Disney World um, working on the college program. And the whole concept of the college program, it's changed a little bit through the years. But the initial um, idea was it was just summer. Now the program really goes all year. It has international students. Um, there's a park at Walt Disney World, a theme park called Epcot, and there's different countries. And so there's international students that come and work at, in those countries as well. And so, but you get credits. And I laugh because my dad was always a little suspect about that. Okay, you're working <laughs> at Disney, you're going to class, and you're going to get college credit. Sure. You know? <laughs> right, right, you know. Um now, of course, I have to tell you, my dad was a nuclear engineer, so of course he was on the other end of the, the spectrum. <laughs> so um, he, you know, always we had this big joke about the, you know, parallel, completely opposite sort mm-hmm. of, um, yet parallel in many things were were similar. But so we would go to class once a week, and the classes were very informative, and really I learned so much because 
we took a different part of the business each week and we would dissect it. So, you know, one week it would be finance and the next week it would be operations, mm-hmm. you know, the parks and how they operate and and what goes into that and the attention to detail. And, and then the following week it might be, you know, culinary and the mm-hmm. food services and how, you know, all of that is set up. So it was really a lot of interesting, um, helpful not just a textbook learning, but a, a learning, you know, that went deeper into the operation itself of Walt Disney World. So we would go to class once a week. We all lived together, um, our mini version of a college campus. And you'll love this, Dr. Peg. It was called Snow White Campground. <laughs> so, and everybody lived in different, you know, like happy, dopey, sleepy, <laughs> grumpy you know, trailers and areas, which I thought was perfect. Um, And so we all lived together as the students, and then we worked in various areas. So people that were culinary majors at their school might then work in um, in a kitchen or in one of the restaurants or someplace. So you were working in hourly positions. So, um, you know, it wasn't like you came in in a supervisory capacity or anything. I mean, it was really, you know, at the front lines. And then you would go to classes, and then we would do um, papers and and send different homework, so to speak, back to our college. And the idea was at the end of the summer, we would get credits. And, um, again, we got a – they called it a – doctorate degree named after <laughs> Donald Duck, which again, I think was part of why my dad was suspect. Everything had these, you know, zippity doodah names. Right. He was like, it's hard to take it serious when, uh, when those were all the names on it. But so then um, at the end of that summer, went back to school. Um, you know, at that point, of course, we were all like, darn, we have to have to leave. But it was a great experience. And that first summer, that was the um, pilot program, and then it really evolved from there. And now the program, they have a version of the program at Disneyland in California. Some of the students even exchange over to other parks mm-hmm. around the world, Disneyland Paris, Tokyo Disneyland, and the Walt Disney World College program is still the biggest, and it runs all year. So you can go, you know, various semesters. Mm-hmm. Well, it and, sounds like you know, a, some of the curriculum has changed. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a really like a great um, experience to learn about business and the aspects of business. So as much fun as it was and the silly, goofy, no pun intended, goofy names that they had for some of the experiences, it sounds like uh, it was some legitimate bona fide uh, business principles. And we know that the Disney brand and business is one of the most successful in the world. Absolutely. I think that's what was so, um, you were really immersed into mm-hmm. it and you would learn some of these principles and then you were out in the park, you could really see those put to work. Right. So it was an, you know, a real great hands-on and a lot of things that down the road were very applicable in many different you know, areas of the company and mm-hmm. positions that I worked in. Great, great. Well, we only have about a minute left, so I'll save, um, ask you to save your story of um, having the auspicious honor of having convened something that you called the Princess Summit. <laughs> and so defining what is a princess and um, some of the ramifications for the business, and I think that all of us as Disney princess fans will enjoy um, being a little fly on the wall uh, to hear more about that. Uh, but I'm speaking with Jody Jean Dreyer, and she's a 30-year Disney veteran who was a member of Disney senior corporate staff, held various marketing positions in both the theme park and motion picture units, traveled the world as the Walt Disney World ambassador, and also was in this uh, pilot college program that we were just hearing all about. And Jody is sharing with us from her book, Beyond the Castle, a guide to discovering your happily ever after. And you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. And I want to remind you, you still have time to register for my upcoming nonfiction writing and self-publishing one-day intensive on Saturday, September 9th, 2017. Go to drpegradio.com slash write to register, and we'll be right back.
94.7 FM, The Word. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Jody Jean Dreyer, 30 year Disney veteran and author of the new book, Beyond the Castle A Guide to Discovering Your Happily Ever After. Jody, how can listeners get in touch with you and, and pick up a copy of your book? Well, the easiest way is beyondthecastlebook.com, and you can go on that website and definitely um, get your copy of the book, but also there's some fun information on there, and you can just discover a little more as well. Oh, great. I'll look forward to checking that out. I'll also have a link to Jody from my website, drpegradio.com and so if you'd like to share this interview with a friend or family member you can um, do that as well so let's talk about this um, princess summit as you called it <laughs> so uh, fast forward you're you're working uh, for Disney as a college graduate and involved in the company in several different uh, roles up until this point and you convene the princess summit tell us all about that well, at the time I was working in a role, we called it the synergy department, and it was basically like a traffic controller in the middle of the company, making sure that everyone was coordinated, we were sharing information, and everyone was working well together, and also looking to try to avoid, um, you know, anything that would uh, derail any of the, the um, current projects. And one of the things that was going on was, the princesses, both princesses that had been in the Disney family for a long time, Snow White, Aurora from Sleeping Beauty, there were new princesses that were just, you know, had come on the scene and were exploding. So Ariel from Little Mermaid and, you know, Beauty and the Beast, Belle. And so um, consumer products and some of the entertainment folks and all the princesses were starting to appear together. And they were appearing together on merchandise, in shows. Um, there were writers that were writing some made-for-TV episodes featuring all the princesses. And that was the good news. But the um, issue became that some of the princesses were out of their environments. So, for instance, you might see other princesses besides Ariel that appeared under the sea. And then the really uh, traumatic thing that started to happen is characters, specifically Tinkerbell, (laughs) but down the road, you know, Lilo from Lilo and Stitch and other characters that people, some people felt they were princesses, some people felt they weren't, but they could appear with princesses. So everybody was out of their world. And, <laughs> and again, for for the common person, they're like, you really spent time on that. But for Disney, I mean, something like that could really down the road over time erode the um, love and the understanding and the story of those characters. So if you know, Ariel, we know Ariel should be in water and then she, you know, hooks up with Eric and then she comes out of the water. And like, we understand the water in her story. 
you know, having Snow White splashing around <laughs> makes no sense. Might or, mess up her hair and makeup, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you're catching the vision for the problem. <laughs> so um, at the time, I was, you know, head of this synergy department. And so we called, and I called it the Princess Summit, <laughs> but we got everyone together that had a vested interest in the princess. And in our company, you know, that was quite a few people and departments, and we just really rolled up our sleeves and said, you know, let's talk about what constitutes a princess. Now, I want to stop here, Dr. Peg, because mm-hmm. I don't want to blow up your phone lines after our little <laughs> conversation, and people will say, I saw this movie, and that's not really true, and I saw this one, and that changed, and this So I want to preface it Mm -hmm. by saying that, you know, number one, this was a moment in time. And number two, discussions like this, not only as it pertains to princess, but as it pertains to life, we need to constantly have discussions about, you know, integrity of character, integrity Mm -hmm. of um, our story and telling it well and what that looks like and um, you know terms like edging up and things like that I don't even understand the concept they make me nervous mm-hmm. you know <laughs> they make me think that we're going to take something that shouldn't be and change it and morph it into you know and just really lose the essence so to wrap up the princess summit a little bit um, in summary at that moment in time we said a couple things, you know, first and foremost, um, a princess has to be of royal lineage. So you're either born a princess, you marry a prince and you become a princess, or that honor is bestowed upon you. So a couple examples, um, you know, like Mulan is an example where because of her bravery and what she does for her country, she's given this royal status. So she was in you know she was a princess <laughs> she could appear with other princesses and then but um so that was one criteria then another one was um you know having a prince obviously um oftentimes the princesses have a prince now listeners will go hmm i watched frozen and there was an evil prince and there wasn't really a marriage and so but that's okay it doesn't mean all of these had to be, but but then there are a couple that had to be true of all princesses. You know, could they be feisty and courageous like Mulan? Yes, and they're kind in spirit, and they're. But those guiding principles have to be, um, you know, at play. Now, will that change down the road? Maybe. You know, I don't know. But at the time, that was the discussion that we had. And so we went through these criteria, and there were many more. And I won't give it all away. You mm-hmm. have to read the book yes. to, to get some of the others. But essentially, we moved through these criteria. And so that was one piece of the puzzle. And um, based on that, I, I will give away a slight punchline, which was um, Tinkerbell was out. She wasn't a princess. <laughs> She's a pixie. Okay. But I don't want anyone to feel too sorry for her because she can fly and, you know, she's doing quite well for herself. Yeah. She's had many movies and, you know, she hangs out in Neverland and, <laughs> you know, so it's it's all good. But um, she, you know, couldn't appear as a princess. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that, you know, she will never be in a story that features princesses? Not necessarily, but um, in a row of princesses defined as a princess, no. Then the second piece of it was we talked about story, and I talk a lot about story in the book, that you have to know your story, that you have to tell it well, that we're all a part of a bigger story, and we're um, involved in other people's stories. And so what we started to talk about was, um, you know, back to my Ariel example, how could Ariel and Snow White and, you know, um, just pick your favorite princess and, you know, maybe Mulan or Jasmine or Pocahontas, you know, how should the princesses 
um, live together and play together and, you know, appear on merchandise together. And if we were going to do a princess, you know, uh, film or TV series, what should that look like? And so what we really talked about and settled on and a lot of the creative folks, um, storytellers as they were, um, dug into this deeply about how it had to be true to who they were. So, you know, they could put on costumes and they could do things that would be in character. That was a Disney term we always used a lot, in character. But I think it's a great life term, you know, too. You know, do I want to be known for this? Mm -hmm. You know, is it in character for me? Um, Does it have the integrity that I want to live by? And so... In the book, I talk about, and I I love that you asked me to talk about this, because it's really at the core of one of the reasons I was so excited to write the book, was I think it's important for people to, um, you know, have their own little princess summits now and again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it should be something that, that we think about and we're intentional about, and you know, our story is being told every day. And, um, you know, sometimes when you step back, you go, wow, is that really the story that I that I want to mm-hmm. tell? So oh, I want to be known. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the, the quick version. Um, you know, a couple other things that came out of that. Mm-hmm. Is we have two the, minutes. Um, Yes, the fun piece of it was just that we could do some interesting things in the various business units. It really opened us up. Like sometimes people think, oh, if you do things like that, it's then a lot of negative. Like this is what I shouldn't be doing, and that's what the princesses shouldn't do. And But really it was quite the opposite. And what came out of that was, you know, here's some new stories that we can go tell featuring the princesses. I think we got um, more creative and better with what we were doing and how we were um, letting Tinkerbell branch out and even how how the characters lived in the parks. I think we did a better job, you know, once we did some hard work um, to dig in, then it was fun. You know, we got to, to have even some new adventures with all the characters. Mm-hmm. So that was really um, that was really the takeaway that yes. was exciting to be a part of. That's great. And and in your book Beyond the Castle, um, you talk about um, uh, know thyself and uh, really know. You know the analogy here is really know. Well, what is a princess? So you really have to know yourself, your strengths and weaknesses and passions. Um, you also talked about knowing thine purpose. Really, what am I here for? What am I trying to accomplish? And how do I take all of my unique gifts and talents and apply them? And uh, to thine own self be true, which is really what you're concluding with. If if a princess is truly these characteristics, we can't have her doing these other things that are totally out of character. So, so many wonderful life lessons. I'm speaking with uh, Jody Jean Dreyer, and she's the author of the book Beyond the Castle, a guide to discovering your happily ever after. And you can find more information about Jody and her book and some fun uh, Disney info um, by going to my website, drpegradio.com. Um, speaking with Jody Jean Dreyer, we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. 94.7 FM, the word. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional evidence-based advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. 
While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and I'm speaking with Jody Jean Dreyer, and she's the author of the book, Beyond the Castle, A Guide to Discovering Your Happily Ever After. And um, we're just uh, having a delightful time talking about princesses and uh, <laughs> pixies <laughs> and uh, understanding how we can stay true to ourselves. And really, um, this Disney education that you, you had, Jody, from a college student and through the ranks of the company really is about I, I, kind of my takeaway is being really true to this brand. And um, that has so many applications for life in terms of character and integrity and purpose and and mission. And um, so I, I, I want to talk about uh, kind of one of the main themes of your book is um, you say we should write our happy ending first, because you're really saying no matter what we do, we can find the joy in it. Um, so what's the importance of knowing how we want our story to end before we even begin? I think it's intentionality. I think it's being present in the moment. Um, you know, I use the analogy of a ride that you have to show up, get in line, you know, discover and take. And I think all of that, not putting that into the future. And so many people, you know, say, oh, gosh, this is kind of um, murky and messy in here. But when I get to happily ever after, and it's always put in the future. And when you think of it as a story, it's, you know, the end. And there's a lot of research that's been done that says, you know, it doesn't ruin the story if you read the ending first and then you go, gosh, this is great. And, you know, for me personally, my face really does that for me. So I can say this is this is who I'm about. This is the the big story. This is my ending that I know. And so today is great. And today is worth living. And again, as I started with, you know, happily ever after can really start today. And I don't mean, um, you know, something that that is in denial of our ride is going to have ups and downs, but the fact that we know how it ends. So, so we can really celebrate the moments um, from now through the ending. So that's really the point there that, that I was trying to make. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now we, we all um, um, know Mickey Mouse and Minnie and Donald Duck, Goofy and Pluto, and, and you refer to them in your book as, as the Fab Five. <laughs> um, the fairy godmothers and fiends as well are important to the story. Talk about how um, all these different characters in life uh, really come together so, so that we can write our happy ending first and then kind of work towards that. What's the message and, and the lessons that you share in your book about uh, the five fab, fairy godmothers and fiends? <laughs> yeah, so the fab five, just um, from a Disney term, those are Mickey and his pals. And they were, you know, many of them in the original Mickey um, entertainment and the films that Walt Disney himself created. And it's, you know, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto. And I talk in the book about how important it is to really have that that essential um, group surrounding us. And, and it can change a little bit, but for the most part, there are some characters that are in our story, and they can speak truth to us, and they can be honest, and we're in their story. And um, But then I also talk about fairy godmothers, and those are people that are in and out of our story, and they just sprinkle magic. You know, they they make us better, <laughs> just like Cinderella, you know. Mm-hmm. They um, create magical moments, and that's important, too. And and then I take on the, the, the villains and the fiends, and, um, you know, there's some villains that are essential to our stories, and they're not going to leave, and we need to to figure out how to, and when you think about villains, um, they're lost 
folks, and we're all to a certain extent villainous in that, you know, we have a dark side that we're trying to work through and rough edges. Now, there are a couple villains that we need to take care of and they need to get written out of our story. But, um, you know, I just mm-hmm. kind of go through the importance of, of each of those folks in our life as we see through Disney storytelling. And, you know, the end point is that every great story has, a, you know, a, a well-rounded plethora cast of characters. <laughs> And we, we all need that that variety of folks in our lives. And um, even some of the villains, um, there's so many lessons we can learn from them, huh? Things we can learn more about ourselves and our own ability to overcome obstacles, uh, even even when we've got that bad guy in our lives. Right. <laughs> well, let's talk a, a, um, a little bit more about um, uh, things that D- Disney is famous for. And one of those things is... Um, their firework displays. And you talked about your very first time going to Disney was in the winter time, Christmas time. And I can only imagine the lights and the Christmas displays. Uh, but we've all seen, if, if not in person, we've all seen it on television, the firework displays. Um, what did you learn about celebrating life from your time at Disney? I think fireworks are a great analogy. Um, You know, you've had a fabulous day at Disney. You think it can't get any better. And then there you are at the end of the evening and the fireworks show. And it's just even the fireworks show itself keeps exploding and more. Mm. And you think, oh, you know, it's over. But then it's not over and there's another burst. And so I just think um, I have a chapter called Don't Forget the Fireworks. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we carry our lives around on our back, you know, and and again, I don't want to mitigate that there are problems and, you know, things that are really heavy and burdens. And But I think also we can celebrate moments. We can um, find a deeper joy, you know, again, knowing the end of the story. And so I really um, use fireworks as a analogy of that. But I also talk about other things that you know, great worship, being surrounded by friends. Um, I love s'mores around the campfire. So I said, you know, family and friends around the campfire, you know, those are really fireworks moments that we can, some of them are spontaneous, some of them we can take advantage of and create, but they're ours for the taking. And so I just really, as a notion, feel, you know, let's not forget the fireworks. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's, Let's go for those magical moments and mm-hmm. feed them. That's great. Yeah. Um, everyone of all ages loves fireworks. It, you know, we've seen them. We've seen them so many times and yet they still are um, inspiring. And so it's just a good reminder to celebrate uh, the big moments and those little moments. Now, talk about your decision to um, finally leave Disney Um, And let's talk a little bit about um, navigating change and transitions, as I imagine it was probably a bittersweet time to leave. You'd spent your whole career there and um, had a fabulous career, you know, working in such an exciting place with exciting people and characters. Uh, Talk about navigating change and transitions, the lessons you learned. Well, I like to think of it as time in the hallway, you know, um, hallways aren't really a bad thing, but you wouldn't go spend a lot of time in a hallway. You're moving from one point to another. So I think if you think of transitions, you know, it's not permanent. It's not forever. I tell a story when I left Disney that, you know, the first time people went around a room and introduced themselves for 30 years, I had been, you know, Jody from Disney. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I was, you know, like I didn't know what to say. And, Mm -hmm. And so the big takeaway for me was that, Although my time at Disney was fabulous and I treasured all the experiences and and mostly the people along the way that I had met and and relationships, um, it didn't define me and it didn't start and end with Disney. And I think the title of the book, Beyond the Castle, Mm -hmm. is really a a nod to that and an acknowledgement that, you know, um, we are constantly moving beyond and we're you know looking a little bit in the rearview mirror and having treasures that we pull from our past and our experiences but then we're also you know moving forward and it's important that we're discovering new things and 
you know, back to the princess, you know, um, being true to ourselves, but also um, a great word that we used a lot at Disney was curiosity. Walt Disney loved that word. And he said, you know, curiosity will keep leading us down new paths. And so I think in that transition time, just to be curious and to try new things and to continue to push myself and look at it as, you know, yes, you are leaving one door and going into the hall, but there's all these other doors that you're going to go through. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you need to celebrate the the past, but not um, be afraid, you know, to step forward as well. So that was probably one of the biggest times of growth in my whole life, which you would think, you know, wouldn't be, but it was. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you um, so much, uh, Jody Dreyer. Uh, Jody Jean Dreyer, author of the book Beyond the Castle, A Guide to Discovering Your Happily Ever After. Um, People say, you know, Disney is just one of the most magical places in the world. And um, you were sharing that service and hospitality really are the key. So we just thank you so much for being a part of that team that's uh, served uh, the world, really, with so much uh, fun and joy and wonderful memories with family. Thank you so much for being a guest on the program today. Thanks for having me. And listeners, uh, if you're confused, stuck, or ready for change, go to drpegradio.com to learn more about my upcoming one-day writing and self-publishing workshop in Denver on September 9th, 2017. Uh, You can learn all about nonfiction writing and self-publishing. Space is limited. You can register today at drpegradio.com. Uh, You can also go there to purchase my book, Do Something Different for a Change, and learn more about my Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreats. Again, that's drpegradio.com. My guest today has been Jody Jean Dreyer, the author of Beyond the Castle, A Guide to Discovering Your Happily Ever After. You can learn more about her book at drpegradio.com. I'm Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Peg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online at drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 The Word FM for Living Well with Dr. Peg. Living well.